0: 13 minutes it is now after 8 p.m. It is our Shop Stewards Corner. We bring you this conversation every Monday where we take a look at some of the things that are happening within the South African labor market and uh, on uh, many of the shop floors uh, that uh, dot the uh, landscape of South Africa. And today, uh, we're twisting it up a bit, uh, speaking to um, uh, a president of an organization that uh, represents... Uh, the employers uh, to some degree and that's Business Leadership South Africa and uh, I guess uh, we're changing it up but uh, probably no better person to speak to at this point in time with all of the developments uh, in our SOEs uh, than uh, my uh, next guest uh, who joins me now on the line Busi Mavuso is the president of BLSA uh, Business Leadership South Africa and she also uh, sits on the board of uh, uh, Utility ESCOM and uh, she now joins me on the line. Sis Busi, good evening to you, Gunjan.
1: Ayabonga, good evening. CEO,
0: CEO, Ayabonga. Not, not, not president. Oh, Loman. Oh, I know you got a new deployment. So I wasn't, I mean, I'm reading what's in front of me. I apologize for that. <laughs> Chief Executive Officer of BLSA, Busi uh, Mavuso. And uh, I, I know I'm correct when I say also a board member of ESCOM.
2: Absolutely,
0: yes. So, I want us maybe before we get, uh, because I think... Uh, you've certainly uh, uh, shaken up a lot of trees over the last uh, last few weeks or so but before we get to some of the more uh, I guess some more engaging things that you've said let, let's talk about the open letter that came from BLSA. I just got it in my emails uh, a few minutes ago so uh, I want us to just quickly engage and, and maybe if you could just uh, talk us through some of the salient features here uh, you're probably the first people to leave a note in the inbox of the incoming GCEO at Escom uh, what's in what's in that letter?
1: absolutely so the open letter i think just pledges our support as the business constituent and business community to underread the newly appointed ceo of escom and i think in that letter we are basically highlighting the challenges that is going to face in the organization as well as what as well as what we are expecting as the business community mm. in terms of challenges i think we are just saying to him that we expect him to empower the employees of escom to stabilize the energy grid And in saying that, we are basically saying that whatever happens at ESCOM had better be decisions that are made within ESCOM, not decisions that come from Lutuli House, you know, Mm. because we believe that ESCOM and ESCOM employees only are best placed to actually come up with solutions for the power utility.
2: Mm.
0: Is this decision one of those? Say that again? Is is this decision one of those that uh, don't come from Lutuli House?
1: No, his appointment was actually a recommendation from the board.
0: Okay, all right.
1: Yeah, no, mm. absolutely, it was the recommendation. And I've had rumors, uh, Ayabonga, to say that he was apparently brought in uh, at the last minute, you know, over the weekend. It was swapped between him and Khalid. Khalid was the front runner in mm. the cases. And I can actually say without any fear of contradiction, that is, definitely, you know, pure romance. You okay. know, the board recommended Andre the Rater as the mm. CEO of F-com and what led that the shareholder okay. actually made the appointment as per the board's recommendation.
0: All right. Busi, let, let's continue yeah. with the open letter and uh, we'll maybe delve into, I guess, uh, what informed that recommendation and you'll share with us what you can uh, about, Absolutely. I guess, how you arrived at this particular announcement. But let's continue with the open letter.
1: Absolutely. And then I think in terms of the second, as the challenges, secondly, we're saying that we understand that it's going to be safe with a pressing matter of containing the debt, which is nearing half a trillion rand mark. Mm. And we're saying that this is a critical issue, not just for ESCOM, but for South Africa Inc. We're actually raising the issue that is going to be coming into an organization where the revenues are under pressure Mm. and the costs are rising. The fact that ESCOM is currently facing falling demand uh, 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 for ESCOM services, from its largest clients in this weak economy, and this is mainly precipitated by the fact that they've actually failed to be a consistent and a stable, you know, energy supplier, and therefore companies are going out and trying to look for alternatives. And we're saying that he walks in on day one, facing all those challenges. Mm. And we actually have no doubt whatsoever that he's actually going to be the right man for the job and is actually going to come up with a plan to actually see how he deals with that. But from an expectations perspective, we are saying that we're expecting him to sterilize the outlook for the energy availability in the country. We are saying that given his experience and the turnaround that he had at all, before he left in the organization that he was at 20 years, for 20 years, we have no doubt that he will quickly grasp the operational and financial issues mm. that are facing ESCOM. We are actually saying that we are expecting him to have honest conversations with us as South Africans on the timelines with, time within which, you know, to expect load shedding. Load shedding in this country should never come as a surprise, Abonga, because before ESCOM load sheds, they would have known 24, 36 hours in advance. Mm. And we're saying that we'd better be giving heads up what so that we can be able to plan our lives around the relationship. Sure, sure. We are also saying that we are expecting openness and over-communication. You should rather err on the side of over-communication, on the operational challenges and uh. the structuring processes, you know, in order to increase confidence. Because if these things come up as a surprise, it therefore gives the impression that people don't have the hands it. It's in time but it is we know what to expect and sure. that's all as well for confidence even if it's a bad you know a message that we don't want to hear rather allow us to swallow the beta pills you know instead of you know uh, uh okay it. we so, are saying that we're going to have to be managing uh, the just energy transition that sure. we've been talking about the load of escom we know that at the moment is largely coal. you know and we're finding ourselves in an environment from a global perspective you know where coal is looked upon as a commodity that is actually going to have to be, you know, phased away mm, with sunset bringing, commodity, yeah. You know, some alternative, uh, some alternative, uh, energy, yeah. And lastly, we are saying that we're expecting to, we're expecting him to do what is right for ESCOM, you know, in terms of the sustainability sure. of the electricity system, okay. What is right for ESCOM, mm. not what is right for the tool house, sure, not what is right for the shareholder, not what is right for government, but what is right for ESCOM,
0: okay. All right, so suppose it. Um, let's do this Um, before we take a brief break because I need to take a a quick spot break now I just want you to put on your hat as a board member now uh, for ESCOM and I've got two tweets for you uh, and you can respond after the break but I just want to read the tweets now Uh, The first one is from Musisipo, and uh, she's saying the appointment of the CEO is a smack across the face, especially after the Stats SA report released last week, stating major wage gaps between blacks and whites. Aren't there enough blacks qualified to occupy such positions? I mean, I'm not in Africa. Disky analysis on Twitter also saying, I wonder if those who appointed the white guy as CEO of Eskom thought uh, uh, what will happen when a white guy has to tell people from Soweto to pay their bills. Just the optics of the whole move uh, based on his past, how did they choose him above others? And um, I'd like you to respond to that after the break, uh, just as part of, I guess, the question of saying, how uh, did the board arrive at this particular announcement? And uh, more importantly, some of the factors uh, that uh, in the case of Andre Doreta distinguished him alongside some of the other candidates who are vying for this particular role. We'll continue on the other side. I'm in conversation with uh, the uh, Chief Executive Officer at uh, Business Leadership South Africa, Busima Vuso. It's our Shop Stewards Corner. 22 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our Shop Stewards Corner. And uh, I'm in conversation with uh, the CEO at Business Leadership South Africa and uh, ESCOM board member Busima Vuso. And we're talking about, uh, I guess, uh, this relationship here between the shareholder representative at the board and uh, management teams at some of our SOEs and how uh, we can clarify that. And more importantly, I think even as the NDP suggests, how do we insulate management teams from political interference so that they can be left to do their work. You've been appointed there uh, on a board or even as part of a management team to undertake the work, make the necessary decisions um, and how do we make sure that at least you are insulated and protected from some of the uh, political machinations here. And uh, I have on the line uh, Busi Mavuso, uh, CEO at BLSA. Now, Sis we'll before we went to the break, I read uh, that series of tweets to you. And uh, I guess it's a big chunk of some of the uh, questions in the rumor mill you were referring to earlier on uh, that is, uh, I guess, asking relevant questions. I, I don't think it should be wrong of us to ask questions uh, in a process of, uh, you know, over 140 candidates, how we arrive in 2019 in South Africa. Uh, with a white male candidate?
1: Yeah. You know, I have, as you would imagine, this is not a position where people are actually falling over one another to apply for, right? I think the position of CEO of Escom has been looked at as a poisoned chalice, and I think you would have had, you know, some of the stats that were given in terms of the people that were that, that applied and the final 17 names that were actually arrived at. And the fact that eight of those names, you know, withdrew. Uh, eight of those 17 names actually through saying that they are not interested in this. There were a lot of people, before we actually opened this advert out, you know, and put it in the public, we actually uh, hunted people. We called people that we thought were post- best positioned, you know, to actually lead uh, uh, ESCOM. You know, and as you can imagine, a lot of those people were black and they were thinning. And actually, you'd be surprised that in the top six, you know, there was no female candidates, you know, because whichever female candidates that we had actually identified and people that we thought were going to be best place to actually take the ESCOM job, you know, thought probably it was too much of a mammoth of a task. Or people had whatever their reasons for not actually wanting to take the job. Mm. Did they give you any of those reasons?
0: Did, Did they furnish you with any of those reasons?
1: You know, so people were saying that they were just not interested. Right, and I think they probably did give the head hunter you know mm. uh, uh, reasons at 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 length in terms of why they were not interested, but you can imagine if I were to call you up today and say I am on com t o position are you interested? You owe me no further explanation than you know
0: i just say ande i just say ande I'd say and easy. <laughs> I've got dizzy. Right?
1: <laughs> and then, man, you must only be that when I laugh, I have on, again. on radio and you want me to explain why I'm come through. I can't necessarily say <laughs> i You know, you had your own reasons in terms of why you're not interested. Sure. And that is actually the honest truth and some of the, you know, uh, 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 um, Uh, challenges that we faced in actually recruiting for this position, it took much longer than what we anticipated, precisely because some of our key jockeys, you know, that we had in mind, you know, just would not uh, have the conversation and were not interested after, you know, many people trying to convince them otherwise. Mm
0: -hmm. And, And how much of that do you think is also this perception? That, you know, uh, if if you take on this role, you are remote controlled from Lutuli House, as you were suggesting earlier on, uh, or uh, from somewhere maybe at the Department of Public Enterprises where, you know, even whatever decisions you think are suitable and right for that point in time in the SOE uh, might not uh, uh, carry or even uh, fetch any favor uh, with the powers that be from a shareholder perspective. You know, and I think,
1: you know, Ayabonga, you would remember that a few months back, earlier on in the year, you had the BMS president who was actually calling on all black professionals to actually stop availing their services, you know, to SOEs. You know, because there's been this, you know, uh, narrative that SOEs have been responsible for killing a lot of black professional careers. You mm. know? And whether that is true or not, you know, I think it is neither here nor there, but the fact of the matter is that whether it's perception or reality, there is that narrative out there. And you and I can actually go through a lot of black professionals which, you know, came into the SOE space, you know, with their credibility intact. And they live there, you know, after having, you know, with, 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 with their reputation not, 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 not so much uh, intact. And I think we, we, we can't continue to write those things off to pure perception, you know, so there is that issue, I mean, you you and I know why uh, Jahana for instance le- for instance, left at the SAA, you know what they're saying say? it's political interference, you know, so I don't think we can sit here and be naive and have a politically correct conversation to say that, you know, the issue of political interference is not an issue for SOE. Mm. and a lot of us as professionals, are actually staying away, a lot of but you know, people like me to say, yeah. why the hell would you agree to mm. go and serve at an ESCOM board? Because when all is set and done, when this thing falls apart, you are going to be held personally liable. And some of us go to this SOE with that full knowledge, but, you know, trying to mm. answer the summum in a call. So I don't think we can be naive to those realities.
0: But but was from a tactical perspective, I mean, if, yeah. if indeed uh, this role is a poison chalice, in the manner that 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 uh, you characterise it as, I mean, we saw Pagamani Hattebe at the end being a spent force. I mean, he had to, you know, he he got ill from this particular role, and I think a lot of that had to be uh, ha- had to do with him being overmined and being babysat by, you know, all manner of other people. And I'm not going to mention that, but surely the tactical response can't be to say, you know, what if uh, we can't find. Uh, a black woman here is willing to take up uh, the ante, or even a black person to do it, then let's, you know, find whoever's the next best, even if they're a white male. What, what kind of message does that then send, I mean, to our own society about our seriousness of many of our SOEs to take up the mantle of transforming our society? And even, I guess, you know, we're uh, giving out an example to many of our people there that you can have a black person who can take an organization on, as onerous as this might be, and really turn it around.
1: But I guess, Ayabong, I think it comes back to exactly what I'm saying. You know, so as much as the issue of transformation is critical at SOEs and incorporate South Africa at length, you know, especially sitting in a country where 90% of the citizens are black, you know, but if people are not going to be coming forth. Remember, when you make these appointments as well, you know, as much as the issue of race is critical, but the issue of skills and competence is just as critical. So if you're going to be sitting probably maybe with black people who, when you look at their CVs, you look at it and you say that, but you know what, we'll be doing the country disservice to actually bring in someone just on pure... Because remember, as black people as well, you know, we have the pride of actually wanting to be appointed because we have earned our right to be there, not sure. because we are black. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't just grab someone whom you see from an experience and expertise and knowledge perspective has got absolutely no credentials and skills to actually do the job. And you put them there because it's politically correct or it's right from a race perspective we can't do that and i'm sure no black person wants to be appointed you know as a token appointment Mm -hmm. so after having gone through everything that we have gone through and taking the race issue into you know consideration and probably maybe the reason why the anc has taken four weeks after we've given them the name of andre de to announce the reason why the second four weeks is probably they were trying to grapple with that. Mm. You say, but how do we actually, you know, with a straight face, come out and present a white man as the SCOM CEO? You know, and probably, I don't know what they were trying to do, but it is those mm. considerations. And it probably maybe tells you of how seriously we are all taking this issue of race, and yeah. But when all is said and done, we have to do what is best for South Africa mm. In And in this case, what is best for
0: XCOM? Sister Musi, how did uh, the candidate in this particular sense that you ended up choosing explain the... Uh I guess uh, significant declines that uh, have been seen not only the share price but in shareholder value at NAMPAC uh, since 2015 right through now to 2019. Uh, Surely that would have been a question that the board would have posed to him to say, look, you know, you've been at the helm of this particular entity, uh, crucial as it is to our industrial profile as a country, as a packaging business and also a a major customer for the steel industry. And uh, in many ways, uh, you've seen a rapid decline here in shareholder value under your watch. How would he explain that? And more importantly, I mean, how, how did the board take this on? You know,
1: the main consideration, I must say, is his 20 years' You know, within the energy sector, oh, you know, when he was the COO of Sasol, ah, and okay. actually managed, managed to successfully turn Sasol around. But mm. on the issue of Lamped, you would actually just look at all the manufacturing companies in South Africa and tell me what the trend is. You know, from a performance perspective. You and I would know, Ayabonga, that the manufacturing industry is under siege in the country at the moment. They are under siege because we don't have any protectionist policies. You know, that can actually probably maybe somehow insulate them or position them to actually, you know, uh, uh, successfully be competitive in an environment where you're sitting with dumping practices, Mm. you know, where you're sitting with cheap imports from China, where you're actually sitting with, you know, all those, you know, are uh, issues that they are facing from an industry perspective. You'll also know that Andre Grater is the president of Manufacturing Circle. And if you are to speak to a DTI, they will tell you some of the successful interventions that Andre has made in leading the Manufacturing Circle, trying to actually be at the forefront mm. and actually raising these issues to government in terms of some of the support that they as the manufacturing industry need. So the issue of NAMPET is not isolated. Sure. It has looked in the context of the industry, and we know that we have seen the manufacturing industry declining over the years, mm. and therefore, you know, their overall contribution to the GDP in the country has actually been minimal because, you know, of uh, the open economy and some of the failure of government to actually be, uh, uh, institute some of the protectionist policies to actually
0: support sure. the industry. Okay, let's pause there for a second, uh, let me allow you to catch your breath. I've got two uh, uh, callers here I'm going to take quite quickly uh, who'd like to uh, maybe make comments or even uh, post some questions to you. Let me start off with Sello, who's all the way out in Limpopo. Good evening to you, Sello.
2: Thanks. Look, um, quickly, on the issue of having Chinese um, goods in this country, it is political, that political will to to, 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 to squash those things. Mm. Back to ASCOB, ESCOM, I hear most people now they're crying foul about black CEOs and mm. all those nonsense things. We did have those things. It doesn't matter <laughs> which whether things, the which the, 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 now? the cat we 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 had black CEOs at ESCOM. Okay, right, and sure. then we as black people we get nothing from those people. Most of them were corrupt or were corrupted. Allowed, and they allowed that to be corrupted. So the, the 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 issue, it is not who uh, about the color. It's the person and the ability and the integrity of a person who can okay. run this uh, 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 institution. Mm. Not white, pink, and so on and sure. so on. We, majority of of, 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 of uh, as black in this country, we had those people... And let me repeat myself we had those people electricity went up money has been looted okay. no one has been arrested sure people are living large
0: thank you so much okay thank you for that saying uh, yes what do you make of that I'd love to hear that send through the tweets on at metro Fm say use the hashtag Metro FM talk to me good evening to you uh, good evening to you
3: Ayabonga. how are you I'm
0: nice well today. thanks my brother please go ahead
3: you know what there's absolutely up- no reason, absolutely no reason Vets University or Vets Business School uh, Gibbs Business School, uh, Henley University year on, year on 80% of their graduates, MBA graduates Mm. are black people there is absolutely no reason so we can go to all the reasons in the book there is no way you are telling me in this entire world uh, there is absolutely no way there is no way you can have a shortlist that doesn't have at least a female. There is no way you can have a shortlist that doesn't have a black candidate. There is absolutely and share these things. They're absolutely shocking to us. Absolutely sho- I'm shocked. I'm shocked that this is the kind of leaders we have produced. To come and defend and say, We are now coming to skills, we're now coming to capability, we're coming to experience, we're coming to all of this. It is absolutely shocked. There is no way. There is no way. People are graduating today at Vetsa uh, Business School. They have over 20 years' experience. They are engineers. They are qualified. Are you saying, or oh, perhaps they're not uh, qualified enough?
0: There is absolutely no way. Do me. I'm not, not understanding that. Do me. There is no way. Do me. I see you I can see. Very, very animated there, me. Thank you very much uh, for those calls. Sis <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Now, you see, I am on, I'm talking on
1: facts. I'm not talking on hearsay or what I think or the stats or whatever the case is. I'm giving to me the facts, you know? So irrespective of how many times to me says there is no way, I'm telling to me without any fear of contradiction that when we sat with the final list, those are the people that we sat with and Andre was the best person for the job. And actually, it doesn't make sense for someone to raise the issue of graduates really, the Edcom CEO position has got absolutely nothing, you know, to do with people that have just graduated. That is not what we're looking for. The criteria is very clear in terms of what we're looking for. And I'm saying that, you know, when all was said and done, and after all processes have actually been embarked upon, you know, and with those that decided to withdraw their name, and with those that were actually contacted and said that they were not interested for the job, this is who we have finally came out with. And I'm saying that as the business community, as the Eskom board, as the shareholder, we are happy with Andre Unregulated as the appointment of the CEO of Edcom, and we are actually in full support. And I actually agree with Silo, you know, on the issue of the honest reality that we're actually going to have to confront. But I don't want us to actually, you know, lead this conversation, Ayabonga, you know, equaling black to non-performance or equaling black to mm. Because remember, in the white PLSA that I lead, you know, you actually, you know, have a lot of these happenings, you know, where the white organizations have actually ensured that, or rather, have been complicit in this corruption that you've seen in this mm. country. Hence, mm. you are sitting with an ESCOM today, which is a crime scene. So I think I like the issue that raised raising to say that, can we have an honest conversation? Because this is what it's about. You know, the cookie is about to crumble, you mm. know today, Ayabonga, is a sovereign risk, and I think that is actually what we're going to... So we can't now, all of a sudden, have collective amnesia. You know, as if we have had black homes, you know, at Ecom before, you know, and the... so we know that ECOM the, the collapse of Ecom has been at the hands of black executives mm. and black homes. But, 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 but that but, but, means Buc- that black y- homes yeah. mm. of black executives like you and I, you know, are not for the the or should never be given opportunities. Mm. No, that's not what we're saying.
0: But also, Sisbusi, but in the spirit of the project of transformation and reconstruction that we're undertaking, we must also guard against uh, creating an environment where we think after all of the messes that have been created by black CEOs that we need to find a white saviour uh, who comes from a, a firm, I agree, I mean manufacturing sector is faced with all manner of challenges but i think the big issue here is that we don't want to create that perception that you know uh, the only person who can come in and save the day is a white male uh, in a context where you know by and large the majo- overwhelming majority of people in this country demographically are black women you know i have on my principle
1: when it comes to leadership is rga leadership has got no race neither does it have a color excellence has got no race, neither does it have a gender. You are either good or you are not. You either know what you're doing or you don't. You're either competent or you, mm. you are not. You either know the stuff of leadership or you don't. So it's got absolutely nothing to do with your gender, and neither does it have anything to do with color. It just so happened that after all was said and done and all the processes were embarked upon, in the case of ESCOM, we came up with Andre the as the best man for the job for all the reasons that I've cited. And I absolutely agree with you, you know, because if I were to suggest, that less equals incompetence, then I'm actually having the four fingers pointing at myself Mm. to say that I'm actually incompetent as well. And, you know, if I were to say that myself, you know, I'm anything but incompetent.
0: Sis it's always a pleasure catching up with you and uh, we'll have to leave it here. I certainly hope that we can have a bit more time in the future to catch up with you as uh, the uh, task of, uh, I guess, getting uh, ESCOM back on uh, the path is underway. Uh, Busi Mavuso is a board member at ESCOM and also the CEO of Business Leadership South Africa. A lot of you sharing your tweets uh, with us there. And uh, let me take a look quickly at some of the ones that have come through. And uh, I have... Uh, yes, uh, Muafrika, they're saying thanks to uh, Sisbusi for explaining to, to me politely. He was on fire. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way. I certainly saw that fire as well. And uh, Asiyabonga saying, I understand what people are crying about, but it should be a matter of competence and not race. After all, kun jen nje saying we should first scrutinize who's behind the uh, instability of SOEs for the past 10 years and then we can see uh, which direction the appointments ought to take. Appointments on this level should be based on capability, experience and necessary skills irregardless of race and uh, my view is that uh, even if indeed we apply that same metrics uh, I think somebody must come and say to me that uh, having considered in a country where there's an overwhelming majority of black people, 80 percent or so, uh, that there is nobody Even from those who have decided to opt out of the process, there's no black person or even black female who would be well-suited to this role.